Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. Welcome back to another edition of Single High, the Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. Coming to you two weeks in a row, which is a change for us these uh, these days. But as always, I am one of your hosts, Frank Fatovich, and joined by the president of the Kyle Hamilton fan club, Mr. Greg Flamon. Greg, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, Frank. How are you? How are I, you? I, how are you? Are you great? I don't know. I think, I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired. I think we both might be. I'm 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 a little bit tired, but that's OK. Right. We're, we're going to work through it. I think we we're, both we're might have be. a good pod. It's been a long week. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, Easter's coming. Uh, Easter Easter weekend is here. The time the time to for all of us to uh, to be rejuvenated. So we uh, we uh, it's very timely. Uh, <laughs> I have to work tomorrow, though. I don't know. You you get off for uh, for the Good Friday? I do not. No. You do not. No. Schools here are, uh, but they just they're all closed this week. They got uh, all the kids have uh, spring break here in New Jersey, apparently. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, uh, so we'll, we're just gonna jump into it, right? Because like I said, we're both tired. No beer this week. I, I foreshadowed oh, yeah, it last don't week. Yeah, do it. Yeah, that last week was a, a special occasion. This special, is special. special. I'll get back to to the to the beers during the pods, uh, you know, eventually. But yeah, still, still trying to stay remotely healthy. I got a lot of water right here in my green Notre Dame uh, water bottle, but uh, so no, no, no uh, IPA uh, induced rants for me. There might be some rants still uh, that uh, that come out, but. Uh, Lots going on uh, in the world of Notre Dame football. Still, we are, you know, coming up. Spring, uh, spring practice is going to conclude here in about, I guess, by the time y'all listen to this, uh, eight days. Uh, yeah, so not, we're uh, almost there. Not a whole lot of time left. Still, not a whole lot of actual news uh, that that has come you out. You know what kind of bugs me, man? Like, let's, like let's so hear nor- it. normally in spring, I'm I'm up. I don't like that it's ending. It bothers me. I, I it's because it's you know when the season ends, and then you wait a couple months for any sort of I don't want to say content, right? Because like we're in the content business, but for me personally, it's not the content. It's it's the actual substance of the team that you get to talk about. You get to see them. You get to see them moving around. You get to hear about them. Like actual 
like news about the team. And this is a sincere sincere thing. It's not uh, like this isn't a bit. So that's I I like the spring just because it it breaks up the monotony of the offseason. Yeah. Right. So you like to see the guys move around. Right. And it's like a big time for the lesser known players that you don't really get to see. Um, And that's that's fun. Right. And people like, well, you know, X like it doesn't matter. Right. Like the whole spring and you're going to hear about a bunch of guys. It doesn't matter and all that stuff. Maybe so. But it is cool that that guys who are lesser known get to have a little bit of shine. And even if it's the off season, and even if it doesn't materialize in when the season comes, at least they get a little bit of shine, right? They get to show out and practice. Oh, this guy looks great. Right. But could he contribute next year? And there's pods and people are talking about them. Right. And maybe they'll never get that during the regular season. Right. So that's kind of like a cool thing. We're not getting any of that this year because mm-hmm. we're, like, we're just not getting to see the team by design. Yeah. Right. They're not showing us really anything like today. They put out a 30 second video of, you know, various like quick clips. Right. Like each one is like three, four seconds. Right. And it shows you a couple things and you get to see Lorenzo Styles like he's clearly catching and running for a touchdown. You could see a diving Ramon Henderson interception like that. Buckner had a dime in there. Buckner had a dime. It looked like uh, Mitchell Evans had a long catch there, right? Like, so you get to see some things, but 30-second video, right? Like, you're not really trying to show us anything at all. And everything is, is it's all talking, right? The interviews. Everything is focused on the interviews. And, and look, I, that is also good for the players, right? Because they get to speak to the media maybe, you know, for the one and only time of the year and that sort of thing. So that's good. But like, I don't care that spring is ending because they're not showing us anything and there's no, there's nothing to talk about. Like people, we, I did hit and hustle with Jamie yesterday and, and we did a Q and a, and like, I'm answering all these questions about the team and like, what have you heard about X player? That's like, look, I, we've heard stuff. But it's like there's nothing to back it up. Like usually yeah. there's there's talk and it's like, oh, we've heard about X player. And then and then you get to see a couple practices and it's like, actually, yeah, like this guy was looking good or this guy was not. And it's like everything is is, oh, I heard there are whispers of. And it's like, I don't want to do that. You know, like it's not really fun. So and it's like the spring game. It's funny because we're supposed to be all hyped because of the Freeman era. I just don't feel any sort of like anything towards the spring game itself, which to me is kind of a bummer. I wish yeah. it was different. You know, I, I, I won't care. You know, I'll none of this really matters once we get into like the fall and stuff. Cause then the season starts, but for right now, it's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Not, 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 not a whole lot out there uh, in, in terms of uh, the normal stuff, like you said, that we, uh, that we do get, uh, you know, that, that does drop, you know, during spring, but Hey, maybe it'll make for a more interesting, more exciting spring game because at the same time, I always feel like the blue and gold game, uh, you know, tends to just be like, you get all excited for it. And then it's like, Oh, okay. That, that just happened. And not much, you know, every now and then something fun happens in the blue and gold well, like game. Like last year, it was the you whole Tyler Buckner, Buckner stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, 
it's nice every now and then not all the time though you know but uh so we'll see hey we uh maybe like i said maybe the the blue gold game you know will uh, you know will surprise us but uh you know before diving too deep into you know the team into the questions that uh, you know that we got i know there was one subject you wanted to touch on uh the ever-growing slander towards kyle hamilton and his draft status uh some mythical uh holes in his game that have uh, that have been manufactured to fit a narrative over the last uh two months i don't know i i feel and you've been largely quiet which i think has surprised some folks so i think uh today you said uh you maybe wanted to address some of uh, some of this nonsense that's been uh, it's been going on. Yeah. So speaking of two weeks, right? So we're potting first time in two weeks. Two weeks from today, there will, the the draft is happening, and Kyle Hamilton will be picked at, to, by someone in some round, right? And uh-huh. and so there's been a lot of you know he's falling down the draft boards, quote unquote. Which, by the way, we, we don't know. He's falling down the mock drafts, which is like, okay, that's not a real thing. Like, just for the record, right? Because all the mock drafts said that JOK was definitely going to get picked in the like top 15 last year, and he was not, right? So you don't know where someone is, whether someone's falling or whether someone isn't, right? Like, you don't know that. But pe- that's what people say, so it's fine. You know how when you get f- frustrated by something where it's not the thing that's happening. It's the reason why. So like, uh, for example, let's say you have a friend who's supposed to come over, right? And your friend and this person is, you know, always kind of, I don't want to say unreliable, but you know, it's like, I'm not surprised to get a text from this person at like 10 minutes before they're supposed to be here and something. Yeah. Right. So you get the text and it says, Oh, I can't make it. Right. And you might say, all right, like, I don't like that, but I, okay, you can't make it. These things happen. But then they start giving you the reasons. And then you get to the reasons and you're like, okay, these reasons don't make any sense. All right. So now it's not so much that you can't come. It's the BS reasons that you're giving me that you can't come. That's what's making me upset. And I feel like this is what the thing is with Kyle Hamilton. Like, okay. Everyone wants to take him out of the top 10 and put him at number 11 with Washington. Fine. You want to do that? No problem, right? Like, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. And I appreciated Mel Kuyper today. They asked him, why'd you do that? He said, he ran a slower 40 than I thought. And so I dropped him. And to me, that makes sense as far as a reason. Because when I saw that the 40 wasn't as fast, especially with the reports from the pro day, I thought to myself, he is no longer going to be getting mocked in the top five because that's not like that's not how it's going to work. You can't run considerably slower than people thought, and then they're going to keep mocking you in the same spot, right? Yeah. Every, anyone who follows the draft knows this is how it's going to go. It doesn't mean he's going to get picked lower or whatever. It's just like the if someone underperforms in the in the in the workouts, they're going to fall in the mock drafts. Like that's just how it works, right? So to me, it was expected. Not that I think it's right, because I don't, but it, it was expected. But like, 
don't tell me it's because oh we don't think he can cover like come on Bruce Feldman like I don't like, I don't need you to like all these people are acting like now it's like you go back and 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 it's like you know I actually he had he had trouble covering in the slot and and I don't know and some anonymous coach is like yeah we weren't actually a, we weren't afraid we weren't going to throw away from him it's like look I don't care how you thought or how you felt no one picked on Kyle Hamilton ever, ever. Like there was one, there you could go one play against Cincinnati, which was a bad throw. <laughs> he got, he got, he got got on a bad throw on like a back shoulder corner route or whatever. That's not a thing, right? And look, congratulations. Okay, you 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 got him. You threw it up. He got his head turned, and and you threw it behind him when he thought you would throw it to the corner, like everyone does. And you got him. Beyond that, who whoever got over on Kyle Hamilton? It just didn't happen. So just don't tell me all this crap about, oh, he, we don't know if he can cover in the slot. It's like, what are you talking about? He, he covered in the slot all year. No one got over on him. Maybe someone says, oh, we weren't afraid to throw at him. Okay, but you didn't throw at him. Exactly. Didn't. They did not. Like you could have, but you didn't. So it's like, I don't care how you felt. It doesn't matter to me. It only matters to me what you did. You didn't get over on him. No one ever got over on him on that. So just don't don't tell me that. Like, don't tell me, oh, there's some hole in his game. Like, no, there isn't a hole in his game. That's why everyone was mocking him at two and three. There isn't. <laughs> you mocked him at two and three because you looked at the tape and you said, this guy doesn't have any holes in his game. And then he ran slower and you thought, oh, I don't know about that, right? And so you dropped him. Even though everyone says, the 40 time doesn't matter. Why do we care about the 40 time? Why do we care about the 40 time? We have the GPS. And then he runs a slow 40 and you drop him. And then this guy, Trevon Walker from Georgia, who can't rush the passer, who on film can't rush the passer. But what did he do? He ran a fast 40. So now he's got to go number one. He's got to get shoot up the mock drafts because, of course, he ran a fast 40, even though everyone says. Oh, you know, the 40 time that uh, no one really cares about that. It's all about the GPS. Uh, oh, the GPS is what matters. And people who really know the game don't really pay attention to the 40 time. And then the guy runs a fast 40. He doesn't get isn't a good pass rusher on tape. And it's like, oh, the scheme, the scheme is what did it. Oh, OK. Thank you. Fine. Fine. And look, I'm not trying to hate on Trevon Walker. I'm not. I hope I hope he gets picked wherever and he has a great career. Congrats to him. Right. Just don't tell me this this nonsense about holes in his game. Everyone saw him play. Everyone broke down his tape. Everyone said top three player. Mocked him number two, number three, all the time, right? Third-ranked player, fourth-ranked player overall. Everyone has it. You didn't like the 40 time? Fine. Say that. I didn't like the 40 time. Don't, don't tell me there are holes in his game because there aren't. You can't find them, and that's why everyone doesn't reference them. Right. That's why it has to be an anonymous coach who doesn't give a specific instance. It's just like, hey, I, I felt I felt. OK, thank you for your slander. Go away. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Mock him wherever you want. I don't care. Just don't give me this BS. Oh, he has a hole in his game. He does not. He does not. And he never has. And you couldn't find it on tape. And that's why you put him in the, in the top two. Now I'm going to be done. That was good. That was good. You know what I was gonna I was gonna say. You might not be done after you hear this, but um, you know, you know what might have put some of his speed concerns to rest. 
If, if they put him on offense, if we would have seen him on an end around or a couple go routes uh, running away from a defense. That might. I'm just saying that might have that might have eased some concerns. No one uh, wants to listen. But uh, people lack like vision, Frank. They do. They do. And it's funny with Hamilton that just I feel like in the beginning of the like the the draft season, you know, once once the season and uh, you know the NFL season ended and everybody was like, okay, now we got to start going to, to to draft mode. They all like saw Kyle Hamilton's film for the first time. It was like, what is this? This is amazing. Uh, who was it? Somebody called him a pterodactyl. I forget. Um, yeah, they were called all sorts of names. It was the hype was building for him as like for like the two to three week period where like everybody just watched film. And then, yeah, then he runs the slower 40 time. And it's like, well, let's just forget everything that we saw. Let's forget everything that we saw on the film and just trust, uh, you know, just trust uh, some, some of these numbers that we saw at uh, at the combine. But, hey. We'll see where he where he where he ultimately lands. I still think I, I won't be surprised if he still lands in the top ten, uh, because what we see every year is that these mock drafters really don't know much of anything, right? Like, what what, what do you normally see a mock drafter get accurate in the first round? And people are like, ooh, he he got six out of thirty, or thirty two, whatever, however many NFL. What is it? Thirty, thirty two, thirty NFL teams. Yeah, right, thirty two. 32. All right, 32. So it's like, oh, he, he got like seven. It's like, that, that's your bar? Like, that's good <laughs> Like when, when, when they get that many right. Because, uh, I mean, there's just so many things that are unpredictable about the, uh, about the NFL draft. But we'll see. Let's see where Mr. Hamilton, uh, where, where, where he lands. I got a feeling it doesn't really matter. Uh, I mean, it will matter in terms of his first, uh, first contract. But I don't think it's going to matter in terms of, uh, you know, the success that he ultimately will have in the NFL. And if he were to somehow happen to fall into the lap of the Philadelphia Eagles, we will welcome you into the nest. Uh, Greg, I'll send you your first uh, Philadelphia Eagles T-shirt. Uh, and uh, I'm buying the jersey. Whoa. OK, go, go. All right. Then I'll get you the matching hat. I'll get you the matching. You know what? Hat. I'm buying the jersey and I'll put it right back here. Oh, right. it's, this is on video, but I'll put it right behind. Right me. behind you, right. Behind, well, those uh, you know, those who listen to us who also watch you on Hit and Hustle know uh, you have a lovely, I, I don't beachy kayak. Be- yeah, you know what? It's New Zealand. Yeah, it's uh, the beaches of New Zealand. So. Yeah, is that a is that a Greg original photo that you took, or is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that will be an upgrade if you get a Kyle Hamilton. That's right. Jersey. You can get a Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, is it, is this now like any team you're gonna get, or is it like any team? Any, any team. team. I don't have an NFL team. Ooh. I don't have a favorite. So, but what, do you I'm, have a I'm team a, that you don't I'm a free like? Free agent. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't like the Washington Commanders or whatever they are. There you go. The Guardians. What are oh. they? No, Guardians is a, is Cleveland. Cleveland baseball team. They're the Guardians. Oh, okay. The yeah, Washington. Yeah, is I don't, I don't like. Well, I don't like the owner, but. Well, he might not be the owner very long. I don't know. Well, if the, I mean, there's reports that... Nah, uh, man. That, listen, listen. Listen. The good old boy network is not going to let that happen. Valid. Valid. He'll be valid. he'll be an owner for as long as he wants to be. But, uh, yeah, now I'm trying to think which jersey would be the most fun. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. Here, here it is. Is, is... Like, there are teams that I don't like. Like, I don't really like the Pats. Right. I don't really like I don't like the Washington. I don't like Washington. Um, I guess that's kind of it. I don't really care. But if a team picks my beloved Kyle, then 
That's your team. Then you're. That's my team. Like they, I hope they are something. then good. I hope it's something random. I hope it's some very random team that you like. Then just become a stand for. That would be amazing. <laughs> you know, who, who would be like the like the? No, they're probably. It's like the Jags or something. I was gonna say like the Jaguars. Yeah. Or, yeah, the Jags. Uh, somebody like that would be. Uh, would It'd be, be hard for him to get picked by the Jags, though. Where are they? I, I don't even have the job. Well, they pick one. They're not going to pick oh, yeah, one. They're they're not gonna pick one. And I think they probably have another pick, but it's like later. I don't know. Mm. So maybe, may, who knows? Maybe, I mean, the Saints have two first round picks now. Maybe the Saints will Saints? try to get them. Hang out with Brian Kelly. There we go. That was the segue. That was <laughs> the segue into our friend, Brian. Oh, Brian, 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 Brian. Uh, Brian Kelly keeps talking. Uh, you know, about, uh, he keeps, he keeps talking about things at Notre Dame and, and, uh, in, in these interviews and he just kind of, he just kind of keeps digging the hole, I think in terms of like, it, he's just not going to be welcome back like ever. Like, I mean, I don't think he was ever going to be like, but I mean, I think there probably was going to be a time where you're like, okay, enough time has passed. People are going to be for, you know, welcome Brian Kelly back. But I just, I think the more he talks, the less likely that is. And it doesn't seem like he's going to slow down on the talking front. It seems like he's just going to keep that going. Um, but, you know, and more interviews have come out with, uh, you know, with Brian Kelly where he, you know, gives more of the same BS that, uh, you know, that we talked about last week that Greg ranted about. I think you might have ranted longer about Kyle. I didn't look at the timers, uh, which rant was uh, was longer in length. Uh, but uh, the Brian Kelly one might have been a little bit more uh, uh, more. There might have been a little bit more disgust in that rant versus uh, fire. Like, yeah, like the the Kyle one is annoying. So the the one you're referencing is the Ross Dellinger um, piece from SI. Yeah, and he spoke about. Um, what was he speaking about? It was uh, he went to a recruit's house, <laughs> made some comment to the to the to the mother of the recruit. You must have been cooking all day because he could smell the gumbo, and it was actually the husband who was cooking because yeah. men cook. <laughs> it does happen. Yes, men cook in the in 2022, and so he was like, oh, you know, so he just assumed. And so he got, I guess, the the talking to from the dad, um, you know, and it's like, you know, Jerry Donato is talking about like how he's talking about how how much easier it is. But it's like harder. It's harder to manage the players academically because no one is like keeping track of them. It was just that was weird. Like, nonsensical. Like, it was, what are you talking about? Like literally talking out of his ass, like saying like. Do you have any idea of how you sound? You sound ridiculous. It's it was like it, it was such a weird like aside in the whole story. Yeah. Um it's just in general. That's like the all the Brian Kelly stuff. It just feels like he's awkward. Like it he is. Just, like, yeah. He just he's coming off as like so awkward like almost like he's just trying to force like something, uh, you know, yeah, like, like he's trying he to come off some kind like, of way. 
he keeps saying, like, what, what are you guys talking about? This guy from the Northeast isn't going to fit in in Louisiana. Like, I fit right in. Like, <laughs> you're like, dude, I don't think you do. Like, that's like, okay, fine. Like, it's okay to say, like, Leave yeah, it it's different down here. But, like, he's, like, afraid to say that. Like, uh, I mean, maybe he thinks he's going to offend people down there if he says, like, yeah, you know what? It, it was a little adjustment. Um but no, instead he's just like, yeah, no, it's not. It's uh, it, it's just very um, it, it's it's wild watching it now as like a Notre, well as a Notre Dame fan who you're like, man, this was our coach for twelve years, and now you're like, was this? How everybody saw him the whole time while we defended him a little bit. Well, it's uh, like, look, it, I, you know, maybe. It may like look. There's always tones, right? Like there's always tones of stuff, but like I thought, just not the type of person that he is. I thought he was like savvier than this. I thought he was. I thought he had a little bit more self awareness than this to to continue to make himself a talking point in a way that like it's not necessary. It doesn't need to happen. No one needs this. He's he's ha- doing giving these interviews and giving these quotes that are just like why are you why like why what what is the the need for it what is the purpose other than to have your name on the internet i think that's it it almost feels like you know he had 12 years at notre dame where yes you're the head coach in notre dame you have the spotlight on you and everything like that but it's always like your notre dame is bigger than you and yeah. now he's he you know he had LSU you know write the check, roll out the you know the purple carpet for him, and like even in those first videos like back in whenever the hell what December first or second whatever those dates were, like watching him in those videos that they made you're like, is he just like forcing this that much right now like, it, and it almost felt like you remember there were times when Brian Kelly did force things at Notre Dame too. And it wasn't until, you know, he kind of like relaxed that a little bit and was just like, hey, this is who I am. And that's when Notre Dame started to win with Brian Kelly is when he kind of stopped caring so much about, uh, you know, everything else. And it kind of seems like he's doing a reversal of like, well, he's got to care about the image again and that like it bothers him that he got some negative, uh, you know, negative press or whatever for the way that he he left Notre Dame and feels like he's like compelled to just be like, well, no, I have to, I, I, you know, I have to get get these stories out there and, and kind of control the narrative. Meanwhile, like if you remember, Marcus Freeman was like the star of college football in for the month of December. Yeah. He was on all the shows, all the everything. Marcus Freeman's pretty quiet these days in terms of like national spotlight. He's obviously, you know, talking to the Notre Dame media a lot, but it, it's all like Marcus. It seems like he's going like, "Hey, I got a job to do. I'm going to do it." Whereas Brian Kelly is like, "Hey guys, yeah, we're yeah. on." You know, and, and yeah. it almost uh, it, it's it, it's weird. You would almost think that like it might have been reversed of that of Brian Kelly being like, "I'm." If you're taking him at his word of like, I got one more shot at this. I came here to win a title, which I think everybody assumes is, you know, is accurate. Like, get to work. Like, forget about the media tour. You've had you had the last 12 years, you know, as you know, one of the most high profile head coaches in the country. So get over it. 
and get to work. And you would think of like the rookie head coach would fall, you know, uh, fall susceptible to be the one who's like, yeah, I'll do all these things. This is cool. I mean, you know, I know nobody ever talked yeah. to me like this, yeah. but Freeman's doing the opposite. Freeman is not, I mean, he's done a couple appearances, but like for the most part, he has, uh, it, it seems like he's really focused on spring ball. Um, so I, I find that, I find that kind of interesting and I think I kind of like it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, we'll see again. It doesn't mean absolute means absolutely nothing in, you know, on April 14th that, uh, that's what's happening doesn't mean it's going to lead to any wins or losses, but uh, I like I like it from Freeman because, like I said, it's something that you could see a rookie head coach, uh, you know, falter with a little bit. But uh, speaking of coaches and LSU too, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on Coach O spending I don't know. A full week, it seemed like. And, uh, you know, in South Bend, checking in Notre Dame's practices, giving the team some pep talks. What was your uh, what was your take on that? I think it's interesting how. Just as an observation, how everyone just seems to want to be around Marcus Freeman. Mm-hmm. People just want to be around him. Yeah. And and it's like. As a, as a matter of fact, you know. Like Coach O, like he came, you know, the, the rumor is he, he wanted to try to get his coach, his son, a, a, like some sort of job with Notre Dame. And like maybe that's true. But like you stayed for a week. You stayed for a week. Yeah. Like, like, whoa, like that's, you know, people just don't hang out in South Bend for a week for the fun of it. You know, yeah. like. So, you know, there's that. There's the Jerome Bettis thing. And I there's, you know the former players are just kind of coming by, you know, yeah. like, like JOK is driving in from Cleveland for the fun of it, you know, like, like, you know, former players are hanging around all the time before the spring game. There's going to be the, a big, uh, like outing. Uh, I don't know if it's a golf outing or what, but like all these former players are getting involved and, 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 and it's one thing to, it's, it's one thing to signal, that you know for marcus freeman to signal i want to do this right it's another thing when everyone is actually receptive to it you know because it's not even that that brian kelly didn't embrace the former players or whatever i'm sure he would but it's like who would have who would have taken him up on that you know you like you don't get a sense that like the former players were were itching to be hanging around Brian Kelly all the time. I mean, on some of the podcasts, uh, you know, and again, in the immediate aftermath of, of Kelly leaving though, I mean, there were players saying, Hey, Kelly did not make it welcoming for us. Uh, it was on the the Chris Zorch podcast. Like he he just, he made it difficult, right? Like they had to reach out. It wasn't like players want to be reached out to, you know, you don't want to be the guy who's like, you know, calling in and trying to hang around your old college, right? Like, like you don't want to be that guy. You want to be, you want to be invited. You want to feel like, Hey, like we want you to come around. Like you're a big part of this program. Yeah. Like, the part of the program's history. I want you around. I want you around the players. I want you involved with the team. Like people want that. Um, And it's like Mark, Marcus Freeman is very open about that. Right. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you see him going to talk to Lou Holtz and that sort of thing. 
it's like that's because it makes that era of player feel like okay that was our coach and so therefore when he comes to talk to us like he has an understanding of what our coach meant and therefore what we meant so that means a lot but like you know whatever outreach brian kelly was doing like how much reception would he get it's just that he doesn't have that kind of energy he doesn't have that kind of aura and marcus freeman does and look whatever his coaching chops are his chops from a personality standpoint are just at this point it's just too many people are talking about what kind of a person he is on, yeah. on just like a personal level, you know, interpersonal communication, right? Like it's just so. Coach it, O just, said it when he when he talked to the media this week. Uh, yeah. He was like, you just, you know, you could tell the kind of person he is and you want to be around him. Um, and yeah, the week was wild. Like, I mean, I, I remember, you know, uh, you know, other coaches, maybe not. I was trying to think. I know, you know, Brian Kelly had some outside coaches come in during spring ball, uh, you know, from 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 time to time. I can't, like I said, I can't, couldn't remember exact ones off the top of my head, but um, I do remember there being others. And he even had some coaches like outside of college football, like just good coach, like great coaches in other in other sports, uh, who had won championships, talked to the team. But it was always like an afternoon. Like, like, oh, they stopped by practice today. I never remember another coach, like, sticking around for an entire week and just, like, hanging out and being like, oh, hey, yeah, I won a national championship two years ago. Uh, Here I am. And there's and there's 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 Coach O telling Notre Dame, like, you guys are going to win a national championship. I don't know when, but you're going to win it. I could tell. You know, based on, uh, you know, based on your coaching staff and who knows, maybe uh, some of that was uh, was Orgeron wanting to get just a little, you know, like a little jab at, uh, you know, at Brian Kelly, since uh, LSU did fire him for, uh, you know, for, for for Brian Kelly. So maybe that was like a tiny bit, uh, you know, factor here. But um, I thought it was interesting. I did see I thought uh, maybe it was on. I can't remember. Might have been in Jamie's six thoughts today over at uh, at Irish Sports Daily that I read it. I think it was there. Maybe he tweeted it. I don't know. Uh, but that there were some Notre Dame fans that were not happy about this. I thought that was surprising because I can't really see any negative to it. Like, what 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 is the negative of having? <laughs> People were like, he's a spy or something. It's like, settle down. Yeah, he's gonna go. He's gonna go give give the the school that fired him intel um, from the school that uh, they stole the coach from to replace him. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, not what's going on. And people will get mad about anything. People will get yeah. mad about anything these days. Uh, these days, Greg. And you know, what? one thing I, I I forgot to mention when we were talking about our our uh, you know our, our our old friend Brian is our other old friend Brian. Uh, and that's Polian, who is the only coach, you know, that followed uh, that followed Kelly down to to you know to LSU. Uh, nobody else did. Everybody, you know, he he allegedly you know tried to take his men. Uh, most of the staff, I think, other than you know Dell and Quinn, were the were the two that it didn't seem like he uh, you know he was trying to get. But he 
seemed like he wanted pretty much everybody else. We know he wanted Freeman and Reese and uh, McNulty uh, and Mickens, uh, you know, we and Taylor. You know, some of them yeah. ended up getting, you know, uh, promotions of their own and aren't on the staff anymore. But, oh, Brian Pullian was the only one that uh, that, that followed, uh, followed Brian Kelly because there wasn't going to be a job for him at Notre Dame most likely because while he was, and I'll give him credit for, you know, for being a pretty good recruiter. Cause he was, he was a good recruiter when he was at uh, Notre Dame special teams coach. Uh, not very good. Um, I mean, unless, you know, you need somebody to fair catch in a pinch and then Polian is your, you know, Polian is your coach, but uh, you know, he's went on his own little, you know, mini tour this week of just echoing, Echoing his 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 boss's talking points of the training tables and the facilities at LSU and is another one where it's like okay oh you can you can stop now uh, I get what you guys are doing because you know you have to you know you're you're recruiting bits but uh, I just uh, he, it's, it's, his was not setting well with me. Uh, maybe more so than Kelly's, because I get Kelly that is that is kind of him. But Polian, it just seems like, you know, it's just playing the role of lapdog now, and just like, you know, okay, boss, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say next? And, yeah, like, and look, it's like now you say, like, no, he's always yeah. kind of been like that. True. And look, fine, whatever, man. Right? You want to do that? Like, it's just like so petty. <laughs> like, what do you like? What? Why? Why do you have to do this? Like, just do anything else with your time. Seriously. You know what? And I'm going to say no more Bryans. Just no more. No more Bryans. No more. You had, you had Brian Kelly, Brian Polian, Brian Van Goiter. I had to find a way to reference him on this week's FUD. So there it is. But just no more Bryans. That's, you know, on the staff, at least on the on, on the staff. But uh, yeah, we actually we had a couple questions about, uh, you know, Brian Kelly, uh, you know, that pops up. Uh, let's see. One that we hadn't uh, discussed was from uh, from our friend Chris uh, Jenkins, who uh, posted a, a clip to the Pat McAfee pod and about did Brian Kelly accidentally leak a burner account? I don't know. Did you see this? I did. Yeah. Uh, the screenshot of, I don't know, stinky something or other. One, seven, nine, four, three, two, one, bunch of numbers. Um Interesting. Uh, again, if you if you guys uh, and gals who are listening haven't seen this uh, on Brian Kelly's uh, Instagram story, apparently uh, he accidentally shared a screenshot of some weird tweet from like January 4th of this year that said everybody knows the Notre Dame athletic director is retiring in two years and. Yeah, he just wanted to please everybody, so he didn't do a real search, um, and that's why he hired Marcus Freeman. And I hope it doesn't blow up, but I think it will. Um, and the, the, by the way, McAfee uh, went like deep; like they really, they really investigated this because <laughs> I watched the clip, um, and it was like the Twitter account that shared this had like one other, you know, one, one other tweet. And again, it was it was something you know disparaging, uh, not like bad but it was something that was like crit- critical i should say not disparaging Criti- it was critical of uh of marcus freeman and it's like the only accounts that it follows were like lsu football brian kelly and like family members of the kelly family which i get i mean brian kelly's had some you know 
He's had some Twitter snafus or social media snafus, you know, over the years. The infamous, uh, the infamous New York Deli, yes, uh, tweet, you know, as uh, as he was leaving his team in Cincinnati, twisted in the wind and uh, uh, negotiating with, uh, you know, with Notre Dame. But did, what, what do you make of that? Did you? I, I was. It is odd. I have a hard time believing that Brian Kelly, person who doesn't like to text or do anything else like that with his phone, make phone calls and that sort of thing. Has but he really doesn't like to do that when it comes to recruiting. You don't know that he doesn't like to do it with uh, with in um, life. But I see where you with this. I said we don't know that he doesn't like to do it in life. We just know he doesn't. Right, but I, I just don't, you know, I, I just have a hard time believing that he has a burner account. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was like a family member of some That's, kind, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know. I, <laughs> hey, I'm the fan it, of an NBA team whose former GM had burner accounts that would talk trash on his own players. So you never true. know. That's true. You never know. Burnergate, as we refer to it uh, affectionately it's, in the uh, Philadelphia sports world. It's tough. It's just weird. It's another weird thing. It's like, what is going on with that dude down in uh, down in the bayou? But uh, not our problem. Not our problem any you know any longer. There was one other Ryan. Um, Set uh, Set Kowiak asked us, <laughs> did did, uh, did Kelly's unprovoked whining this week trash any chance of him ever having a positive legacy at Notre Dame? I mean, you never say never, but uh, I mean, and it's not like he's like totally burning bridges this week or last week either. He is, you know, he's doing what he needs to do, I guess, uh, you know, in terms of recruiting it in terms of fans. I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how Swarbrick feels. I'm going to guess Swarbrick is probably not a fan of him anymore either. Uh, basically, since Kelly did say, oh, I asked for all these things. I asked for all these things. I asked for this training table on the heels of my four and eight season in 2016, and they didn't give it to me. It's bro. You should have been happy. You, you should have been just thankful you didn't get fired after four and eight, but whatever. Um, so I can't imagine Swarbrick is either. But um, no, I don't think there's. I don't think there Brian Kelly's ever like there's never going to be like Brian Kelly appreciation day at Notre Dame. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. So like the thing is, is like breakups are hard. Yeah, right. Are. And maybe, maybe Brian Kelly didn't handle the initial breakup the way that w- we would have liked. Right. Um, it's kind of like LeBron with the decision, right? It's not that he went to Miami. It's the way he did it, you know, yeah. the way that he put on everything, right? And and so, look, if you mess up a breakup and you kind of acknowledge, like, look, that was tough, right? I didn't know how to do it. it, it you know, I, I was going to another school and it was kind of awkward and, and I didn't know how to do it and I didn't handle it very well. And I understand that, but, you know, I'm moving on and that sort of thing, right? Like, no hard feelings to Notre Dame or anything. Like it just needed a change. I, I, I handle it poorly. It just is what it is. You know, maybe there's no easy way for me to do, make the move that I did. Maybe I can't come off good. I don't know. But, and, but that's like in the moment, right? This is, we're like four months out now, like five months out of what the decision he made. And you're and you're still, now you're taking shots still. Like, that's the problem for me. Yeah. 
it's that it's not that what you did originally, it's that you continue to bring up Notre Dame in a negative way and their leadership and their program and their players and just stop doing that. Stop drawing a contrast. That's the problem. I think that people will have now it's like, look, we're, we're, we're well, well away from the, the initial kind of moments and you're still doing this. So that, I think that's the problem. So to the, to the, to the question, you know, I, I do think this kind of makes it worse in like a, in a tangible way. It, it, it is worse. So no, in short. So no, he's not coming back. Yeah. Like, oh, he's not coming back, I, yeah. I think he's really messed it up. Yeah. So last two that we had Brian Kelly related were from Kevin McFarland. One is South Bend's food scene good enough for Notre Dame to compete for a national championship <laughs> again. And two, what food related take will Brian Kelly give us next? It's it's unbelievable. It's like everything is food. Yeah. The, I don't, the I, training table, the the sack lunches, Thomas Graham, he wouldn't eat his pizza, ate all of uh Mr. Merriweather's burnt ends. Yeah, which John go to the Merriweather. Talk about the Graham one a little bit more too, because I think that's one that like is a little more uh I don't want to say under the radar, but that's one that's not as widely known as as the Merriweather family burnt ends. So he was uh, it was like 2016, maybe 2017. It was 2016, I think. Yeah. 2015 or 2016. He was a he's a corner from California yeah. and he was committed to Notre Dame. And he went. No, Brian Kelly and the coaches went for a home visit. He was committed. And I, the, the, the story goes that he was waffling at this point. So it wasn't, it wasn't solely because of this, but apparently they had ordered a bunch of food um, for the coaches, right? They did it in home. And so they ordered a bunch of food. Well, apparently Brian Kelly ate on the plane or on the way there and got to the house and didn't eat anything. And apparently the family was insulted by that. <laughs> and um, I can see it. Decommitting and went to Oregon. And look, I, I, did he decommit because of the pizza? It, probably not, right? Like no. there's probably other things involved, but it's just kind of like a, a, a snafu where it's like eat the food for the people who have you in their house, mm-hmm. you know, and now he can't stop eating the food. It's like he, he switched, <laughs> he switched it around to where it's like, then he ate all the food and then, and then he went to a, a house and insulted the, the parents, you know, assuming that one person cooked the meal and then there was the other person, you know? So I don't know. He just can't get right with, with the food situation. Nope. Can't. He cannot. Um, you know what I hope uh, Notre Dame gets right, though? And that's quarterback recruiting. Oh. There's, there's a few questions. The segue. Um, a few questions. You like how I did that? Uh, yeah. A few, few questions here uh, that we had. Uh, yeah, I tweeted something out about it yesterday, too. Uh, you know, just in general that, uh, I mean, we Notre Dame is now firmly in the, like, all chips and, the, you know, on the, on, in, in on, you know, Dante Moore. And I think it was uh, Pete Sampson uh, said it very well that Notre Dame is now recruiting at the position without a safety net because everybody else they were really going after 
uh, you know, has now committed elsewhere. Um, and they really, I mean, it, this has been the course Notre Dame has been on for you know, months now where they really honed in on more. It seemed like there was some momentum that, you know, uh, maybe just maybe a commitment could have happened in April. It doesn't seem like that's possible anymore. It does seem like he's going to take all of his visits. And now you got some Notre Dame fans who are a little nervous. Um, and I don't blame them because we've seen this story. We've seen it. We've seen it before. We've seen it at other positions. So just two years ago with Will Shipley, where Notre Dame was like, hey, there's these other backs that we probably could have had, but we're going all in on on Shipley and got left at the altar. So I hope that is not the case here. But um, let's just uh, let's just run through a couple of the questions and then we'll we'll dive in. But um, another one from Chris Jenkins: Do y'all think uh, Notre Dame should have uh, you know put all their effort into Dante Moore, gave more attention to uh, Vizina? And how much of a shit the bed situation do you think it could end up being if more goes somewhere else? Um, as always, go Irish and Kelly is still a D bag. Thank you for the question, Chris. Um, and the and the commentary. Uh, Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan77 says, Do either of you think more is a silent commit to Notre Dame? If Notre Dame misses on more, do they have any other options for the class of 23? Uh, Aaron Berger, feeling like our high-end recruits are once again going to commit elsewhere. Forgive my pessimism left over from Brian Kelly. Avery Johnson, another option, question mark. Um, also, can the secondary be better this year without Kyle Hamilton? Different, uh, different, but still wanted to include it here with all the ones related to more. And I think we might have even had one more related to... No. Oh, Yeah. Uh, Brian Jung says, are you worried about the QB all or nothing approach? I've seen this movie before and I don't care for the ending. I'm not blowing off what Freeman is doing, but I've seen this movie before. Sorry for yelling. Go Irish. Lots of questions on the quarterback position where Notre Dame is at. We talked about it to a couple weeks ago when, when things were really pointing in Notre Dame's direction for more, he did the visit. He didn't commit. Wasn't a bad visit by you know by any means, but um, I would say all of the optimism has now turned, at least in the Notre Dame fan base, a lot of that has turned into more trepidation now. What's your what's your take on you know where the where Notre Dame's at and uh, and just the approach in general that the uh, Reese and Freeman have deployed? Um. All right. Hmm. Let's all right. Let's 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 go over the approach first. And then we'll get into the rest of it. Um, So with Shipley, it was a little bit different because he, first of all, he's a running back. You can recruit multiple running backs at once. True. Um, It was part of their strategy to tell him, you are our sole focus right now. Because they knew his timeline and they knew he was going to um, go. Like he, I, I want to say he was committed by now to Clemson. I might be wrong about that, um, but it was soon. It was soon. In, in, yeah, it was in, late April, I think. Yeah. So he, so and, and Notre Dame knew that, or that was at least his plan. And they knew a, a running back like Donovan Edwards was going to go later, right? So. It was part of their plan to go in on Will Shipley and say, you're our sole focus. Um, and, you know, it, it, there was 
we got to remember too, like he he was he was ready to make an official visit. Yep. To Notre Dame, like a week before they shut down campus for COVID. Yep. Right. So that all got messed up. Just so we don't know that the plan wouldn't have worked. But I, what I do know is that he wasn't considered. Um, Notre Dame wasn't considered the leader for him at any point, like they are with Dante Moore. Um, I, Notre Dame being the leader for Dante Moore right now is pretty much consensus. Yep. Um, across not just Notre Dame, but like across other schools as well. I think yep. they all believe that as well. So, you know, and we have to remember too, you know, it's not all, it wasn't all or nothing in like February. True. They were, or, or January for that matter. They, they were having visits with, with uh, Jackson Arnold. They had, you know, they were talking to Vizina. They were talking to Dante Moore. I mean, they were talking to multiple people, right? It wasn't just that. Well, what was the playoff um, game that uh, that the that Vizina said him and Reese were just texting back and forth? It, it was, was the, yeah, it was one of the, the NFL Chiefs games. Bills. I think it was Chiefs the Chiefs Bills. Bills. Yeah, that, crazy playoff game. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so he was. They were very involved, and this didn't become really anything until Jackson Arnold committed to Oklahoma, and and at that point, I I think I was very pessimistic about the situation just overall like I, I it didn't seem like they had a ton of traction with Dante Moore at the time you know they had just lost Jackson Arnold who, who a lot of people thought Notre Dame was one of his leaders and he was going to take a visit and that just kind of happened um and then it was right around that time that the 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 Dante Moore and Notre Dame stuff started to really pick up and I think given that context you had to I think I don't want to say had to. I think it made complete sense to say, you know what? He is our he's been our top target. They've been they've been recruiting him for multiple years. He's a top 10 overall player in, in the, the composite with 247. So he is. Like our guy. So let's just go. Let's yep. just go. And and, and the, the, but. You know, that was kind of gradual. They, they, they still were in contact with Vizina. And then you knew once they – Vizina was supposed to – I believe it was March 16th-ish. He was supposed to visit Notre Dame, and he, he didn't. They, they moved the date. They canceled the date. And that's when you knew, okay, Dante Moore is the focus. But it, it, it built towards that. And once that caliber of player lets you know that you are a serious player for him, you have to stop. Yep. It's quarterback. You can't recruit multiple top 100 quarterbacks the same way. You just cannot, right? They're not going to stand for that. And so it's just that it, it was the, it was, it's, they've, they've done it. I believe that they were, you know, informed, like you're a top team by Dante Moore. And so they said, okay, we're just going to go for this. And if it doesn't work out, then you, you, you try to pick up the pieces some other kind of way, but sometimes you get a, a caliber of player like this. You have to just say, you know what, we're just going to go for it. And that's what they did. And I understand that. Do you think it will work out for Notre Dame? Do I think it will work out? Um, hmm. All right. Well, let's address the, the silent commitment piece, right? <laughs> um, 
you know, there's there's been a lot of a lot of smoke, right? A lot of smoke about that, whether he has or he hasn't. Um, you know, I, just looking at the all that stuff, and and the talk of a April commitment from him. Do I think you know? Just looking at the the objectively looking at the information, I think there's a good chance that I don't I don't want to say silent commitment. I don't know what that means, right? Like, yeah, who knows what that what that really means? What what like someone would consider a silent commitment? I think that that Notre Dame had reason to believe that he could commit to them. That's what I'll say. Gotcha. Like publicly and yeah. in in April, like already had happened kind of thing. So my my personal stance on silent commitments is and how to how to how to guess view them is if a player has silently committed to the university and they are waiting to set a date or they are, um, you know, or there, there's a date kind of in the future that they know about, and they're not really involved in recruiting that much at that point, then to me, it's like, okay, that is a, you know, a, a silent commitment I feel good about. If, if it's, I'm, I've, I've given you my silent commitment and I'm going to go take officials, then without knowing any other information, right? Just that baseline information, that is a silent commitment that I don't feel as strong about. Yeah. Without knowing anything, right? I, I don't I don't speak to sources, right? Like I don't do that. That's not my thing. I know I'm affiliated with Irish Sports Daily right now, but I don't I don't have sources that I work and I don't do that. Right. Yeah. I just have the same I have the same information as everybody else who is a member of the site. Um but just looking at the if, if you're taking official visits, then you know you're that that is the, the complete opposite of being committed silently or otherwise right. to um, a school. So I guess I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Well, I would say I feel I I share in some of the trepidation, some of the you know the worry that is happening now because it does feel like, ooh, it's a little scary. Uh, Notre Dame needs to hit on our quarterback this year, and if it's not him, then you're you're you could be in a in a bad spot. And this is this is what I would say too, though, is is Notre Dame. Notre Dame didn't sneak up on anybody here. Yep. Right. And if they are quote unquote in the lead with for Dante Moore, then just because he's taking visits right on its face, it doesn't mean that they're not going to end up with him yeah. or that it's trending in the wrong way or whatever. Like, we don't know what that means. We don't know why he's taking visits. We don't know what he's told Notre Dame. We yep. don't know what Notre Dame has told him, right? They have they they were they seemingly were out of the lead and now Notre Dame is in a good place. Let's just say. If Notre Dame is in a good place, according to them, 
and according to the player, then, you know, just because it's like basketball, right? Just because you were up by 25 and now you're up by 12, right? Well, that's trending in the wrong way, right? (laughs) Your lead has been cut in half. And so that's not good, but you're still up 12. And, And the way you got up 12 and 25 is by being, you know, doing the things that you need to do to get up by that amount. And so that, so I, I feel like just because even if it's true that, that, that there, he isn't as certain, let I'm speaking hypothetically. Yeah. If he isn't as certain as he was before and he wants to take visits and check out other schools, that doesn't mean that Notre Dame is blowing it or Notre Dame is, it's like Brian Kelly, his era and all that stuff. This is yeah. a completely different staff, a completely different energy towards recruiting. And so I personally feel better. I don't, I don't, I don't have that sense of doom like I would if this was like two years ago. That's fair. So all right. That is that is a fair take. So, so I uh, think I think if people felt like it was in the bag. Maybe it's not as in the bag yeah. as we thought, but it ain't over. It, it doesn't mean that it. it's not even that it's not over. Like it, it doesn't mean that Notre Dame's in a bad place. That's not right. what that means either. Yeah. So, just hang in there. Yeah. Trust the process. Yeah. So here we go. We got a couple more cues uh, and then we'll wrap this one up. But uh, Austin Bradley uh, sent us a Well, he said, this is for you, I think. Um, based on you talking about soccer on previous pods and me not knowing anything about it. Um, But what is more likely, the U.S. men's national team making it to the semis or Notre Dame making the playoff? Notre Dame making the playoff. I was going to say that anyway, just because I uh, I don't know. I don't don't follow the soccer. Notre made the playoff, and the U.S. national team has not. So, So, all right. (laughs) Go Irish. All right, next up, Clancy, the Notre Dame leprechaun, at UND underscore Clancy. Uh, questions to use if you choose, so we'll, we'll, we'll choose to use them. What position group do you anticipate will take the biggest step forward in 2022? Which one takes the biggest step back? I think biggest forward for me is going to be linebackers. One, because you get Maris back. And two, you just got the infusion of the young talent. I think you get J.D., not playing 100 million snaps this year. Um, so I think you're going to see that group take a step forward because they were fine in 2021, but they weren't I, – I wouldn't say for the most part there wasn't a lot of game-changing linebacker play. So I think that group takes a takes a step forward. You could probably say offensive line. Maybe I should have went there because offensive mm-hmm. line showed signs of life, uh, obviously, in the second half of the year. Now they got Harry back there. So I'll go uh, – that would probably be another one that I would think, which takes a step back. I mean, I think maybe by default, I mean, you could say safety because you lose Kyle. So obviously, you know, you have no Kyle to step in, but there is maybe better depth there this year. Running back because you lose Kyron. And, there, again, there's depth, but there's no Kyron. Um what about you? Maybe wide receiver takes a step forward too, but again, there's so few numbers that it's hard to hard to project that. What do you think? Um, I think the offensive line is a good one. Yep. I think that's a good one. Um, that's the one that I would have chosen. Yep. 
Step back is tough, right? Like, like I was thinking, so I, I think you can replace, like, it's funny, you know, I, you mentioned safety and running back. And I wasn't thinking those at all. But then when you said them, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I, I think that's a good point. Um, but I, I think my feeling is you can you can replace it's kind of like money ball, right? You mm. can replace them in the aggregate, right? Mm. Like, and I think because there's another question about can this the uh, is it safeties be better or the secondary be better without Kyle? And and the thing is, is I, I think it can. And th- I think the same with running back too, because because Brandon Joseph plus Ramon Henderson plus Xavier Watts. I think that trio is better than it, it, I don't want to say better is hmm. it gives Notre Dame more options. I think than like Kyle Hamilton, Houston Griffith and DJ Brown. You know, I think yeah. those. I think the the previous three are they're they're better athletes across the board. Um, and I think you know Brandon Joseph cannot do all the things that Kyle Hamilton can do. Um, but I think that I think Ramon Henderson is a better safety than um, Houston Griffith is, and I think Xavier Watts is a better safety than DJ Brown is. Or will be a better safety than GJ and Brown is. Brown and Griffith are both back too. Right, and they're both back. Right, so you're talking about the a uh, floor there where it's like you know what it is, but I think that I think the the ceiling for Henderson and um, Watts is higher than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like and with, with Tyree as well. Like I, I think because the offensive line will improve, I think you we could see the best version of Tyree. Um, and then you got Audric Estime, who is, who is starting to come on. Yeah. He's starting to come on. You know, we've quote unquote heard a lot of good things about Jadarian price. I think people have seen him too. Like yeah. they've seen him move around and practice enough to where it's like, he's got some pop and people are excited about him. So um, I think the four of them is, is a better version of like Kyron and freshman year Logan Diggs. Good point. You know, so. All right. But it, it, to me, it's like a, like a, like almost like a push. Like they mm-hmm. won't get worse, but it's like a push. Whereas I like receiver, if, I mean, like Lorenzo Styles has to match whatever Kevin Austin would bring. Avery Davis got to be Avery Davis. Lindsay, could we see a better version of Lindsay? Yes. Absolutely. Um, and it, to me, it just kind of depends. Like, what do we get from Colsey? Colsey, well, Tobias, Tobias Merriweather, I was thinking. Right. Um, can he add something similar to what Lorenzo Styles added last year? Mm. So. Mm. All right, two more questions from Clancy. One, favorite blue gold game memories? Doesn't have to be one you went to either. I've been to zero. That's why I said it. Uh, so I think one of my favorite and funny ones is just the Junior Jabby game of 2000. That was 07, wasn't it? Seven, yeah, seven, 
when Junior Jabby had an amazing blue gold game and then was never never to be heard from again. A lot of players have done uh, have have done that in the past though, but that's one that always um, that one that always sticks out. I think actually might have been might have been the same year. Was that the year that uh, Weiss had Ara and Lou coach the two teams? I think so. Oh my gosh, I don't I don't remember that. Yeah, he would. That was one. Hey, Weiss did. Weiss didn't do a ton of good things, but yeah. Speaking of getting former players involved, he he did that for a few years. He had the the honorary coaches for the blue gold game. I like that. Um, I liked when uh, you know when they when they did that. So I'll, I'll go with those two. Um, memorable. I think the one that really sticks out in my mind is the uh, uh, Lewis Nix playing quarterback. Oh that's yeah, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. I should have said I th- that. I, re- I remember Lou uh, playing quarterback. That was great. And I thought that was like I'm a calling out thing. the audibles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was a that that was that that was a good one. Um, <laughs> last one from Clancy is hit me with some weight loss or get in shape advice. Need to trim down before the pool opens. I guess Clancy was listening last week when we were talking about some. Uh, some uh my my plan to lose uh lose a few lbs here before the summer um i i can go with my favorite one go that i was given when i lost a lot of weight 10 or so years ago um outside of like the standard like okay everyone's gonna tell you like yeah eliminate snacks don't eat after eight uh you know don't have empty empty calories blah 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 blah. those are all kind of like standard uh, that you'll you'll see anywhere. My favorite one that somebody had told me that I really I still take to heart um, when I'm trying to lose weight is if you're really trying to lose weight, start thinking of food as fuel and nothing else. And if you think of it as fuel for a little while and you don't think of it as like, oh, man, I want like a donut or whatever, you know, whatever it is, your guilty pleasure is that you that you just get you know satisfaction out of not necessarily fulfillment. That is easiest way. Um, that I saw. So like when I was, uh, you know, in, in full weight loss mode, like I said, like 10 years ago, I would just look like I am running tonight. So for lunch, I probably need a little, some carbs for energy, you know, some protein and some veggies. And it was like, that was just like how I approached it. It was like, oh, I'm not working out tonight. Cause you know, tonight's an off night. Like maybe I'll just have, you know, I don't know, like a salad or something like that where you're not going like carb heavy because you're not going to burn it that night. And you just think of it as fuel. And then that was, that was super helpful to me when I started looking at it, uh, started looking at it like that. Um, and the other advice as a runner, I got that, uh, still take to heart is you can't outrun a bad diet and no matter how much you run, you have a bad diet. It's not gonna, not gonna, not gonna do anything. So those, those, those come to my mind. What do you got? Um, those are good. Um, I, I want, it depends how much you're working out for one. Yeah. Um, like, are you working out? That's true. Um, cause because it kind of relates to the next one so like what i did when i lost a lot of weight like right when covid happened we were home all the time is um i I tracked my calorie count and you can use an app for it yep what is it my there's a ton my fitness pals my fitness yeah my fitness fitness it's a a free app it's a free app and you can like literally it'll find anything that you eat right so like if there's something at trader joe's that it knows it right like yeah. it knows all that stuff so 
I track my calories because it, it's good to be mindful of, you know, we, we don't think that we're eating that much. You snack on a little thing here and there, right? Like, and people say like, oh, don't snack. I mean, when you're grabbing a couple things here and there, like it adds it, up. It adds up. Yeah. And next thing you know, like you're at 3000 calories for the day and you're not working out. Right. Like, so it's just like, yeah, it doesn't help. And, and the other part too, is think about the types of food you're eating for, for like what it's for, like what it's, what you're trying to do. So like, I think a lot about, you know, fats versus carbs versus protein, because the thing about fat is, and this is an interesting thing is like, so what is it? It's per gram. It's like nine calories per gram of fat. Whereas like carbs and protein are four calories. So you can eat more carbs and more protein and consume and be you know, consuming less calories than like you are a bunch of fat. Right. And that's something to keep in mind. Right. So you don't want to eat like a, if you eat a high fat diet then that's fine. You just can't eat as much. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like, if you're the type of person that kind of needs to be consuming things like as just like a matter of habit, then you can don't do it with a bunch of fat, fatty stuff. Right. So like, don't eat a bunch of nuts all the time. Oh yeah. Cause that will, that will Dude, you really get a like, handful of nuts. That's like calorie bomb. Right. It's so you have to keep track of that, right? Like you have to say like, okay, I, if I want a bunch of almonds, fine. Right. And people always say like almonds, fat loss food, right? Fine. But if you're eating a ton of almonds, two handfuls of that. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's a lot of calories. So, yeah. and that's the type of thing you learn when you're, when you're on the fitness app. Right. So, yeah. You know, before, but if you're going to work out, then you can have like, I always have like before a hard workout, I always have peanut butter sandwich every time. Cause I know I'm just going to burn through that real quick. And I need the carbs for the energy because if I don't, like if I don't have carbs before I work out, like some people, some people like to fast. That's not me. Like I need, I need the, I need the fuel because it'll be a bad workout if I don't. So I almost never. Yeah, almost. Not. I ran five miles today. Nothing before it. But I mean, I had breakfast like three, four hours before my uh, my. No, run. but that's something. Like people like oh, wake yeah. up fat, like empty oh, no, stomach. It's like do. that. Like a lot of people do it. If you can do it, great. But for me, yeah. like it's just not. I can't. I'll, I got I'll, you. I'll blow up. So that's my advice. That's a good one. One other fun one that it just shows how unscientific. So yours all like, Hey, you go down and, and, and track it all. One thing I would do when I would get anything again, when I'm in like real weight loss mode is like, I will just take a look at like the container and be like, if I were to eat this entire thing in one sitting, like how many calories does this box or this jar have? Because for me, it's like, well, then I know like, okay, like, this is like a two, this is like 2000 calories. Like if I'm going to have a snack of this, I could have like, you know, like a couple or something like that. It's like, Oh wait, I can't like just go in there and just grab a bunch in between, uh, in between meals. Um, but it also helps you think, and this is like, I think we literally are like giving the noom, uh, noom, however it's pronounced noom, uh, sales pitch right now, but how it's like all psychological. But like it was when I, when I would do it, it'd be like, Oh man, that's all a lot of calories in that thing. Like I shouldn't have a lot of it, but, um, those are all things that, uh, 
that worked and i and i recommend i think uh what we got here i think we got maybe one or two more questions one from evan um you need some prop bets for the blue and gold game ah i don't know let's uh, this seems like probably something more for our friends at one foot down they're they're yeah that's tough the other part too is i have no idea what the and honestly i'm a little bit i don't want to say worried but like I have no idea what the format is going to be. Like, is it even going to be a game? True. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I, 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 I have, I have a feeling it might not be the, it might not be done in a way that is familiar to us. Okay. Interesting. So. All right. We got clutch sports, Notre Dame at clutch sports ND in accordance with celebrating a resurrection this Sunday. What dead tradition slash game day experience do you want to see resurrected? You go. I was having a hard time thinking of anything. I'll tell you what, once I started talking about the honorary coaches for the blue gold game, I wouldn't mind seeing that come back. That was fun. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it, there, there's none that, I mean, if it like, like, like real tradition slash, you know, game day, uh, you know, game day, you know, experience thing that I could think of uh, that really, like I said, came to mind. Um, you know, maybe bringing back the '80s style jerseys with the black cleats would be kind of cool, but that's not really like game day, uh, you know, tradition or uh, you know, or experience. Do you have any? I tell you what, I don't. I really don't like. What don't you like? I don't. So I always liked it when, and this was when I was, you know, formative years, right? So like early '90s. I liked it when the I, I think the home team should get to come out second for one. I, I that's part of like being at home, in my opinion. Like the the crowd should not build to like a frenzy, and then the home team runs out, and then the away team. Um, yeah. All right. Like for example, right? Like what's everyone's favorite thing about? like the early 90s or like the mid 90s NBA, right? The Bulls. Yeah. Uh, you know. Intro. Intro. Yeah. And it's like they do that after you introduce the opponent because that's what's part of being at home. Yeah. Right? Like that's what it is. So like that's have cool. the opponent just come out. They come out. And then then you turn out the lights. And then you do the, the, the light show or however you want to do it because yeah. the crowd then builds toward it. And then you run out lights. Come on. Captains flip the coin. Let's go. I just think it's so dumb that, that they, they have flipped it around. I just think that's stupid. And it takes away from like the quote unquote pageantry of like college football. The other part is I don't really like how Notre Dame uh, runs onto the field or did run onto the field with Brian Kelly. In what in what regard? It, so every game that I've been to since, uh, to, you know, since uh, I guess I've only been to – I only went to 1-0-5 with Weiss. I don't know how they ran on the field. But all the Brian Kelly ones – you don't see them. They're just running out. 
right? So it's like you don't really know when it's going to happen. And mm. and I don't also like the, the the smoke. I liked it with Lou when Lou brought the team out and they gathered in the like right underneath the goalpost. And the crowd like cheered the team as they saw the helmets come out, mm -hmm. right? And so then you do that, and then Lou tells them something, and then Lou runs out on the field, right? And then everyone cheers. I don't, I don't like it when they just run out because you don't see them. You don't, you're not building towards anything, right? Like there's no, there's no cool reveal. Like all oh, the the gold helmets are walking out on the field. I'd rather they did it like that. So let the mm -hmm. let the home team come out second and then don't just run out because no one's ready. No one knows when they're supposed to cheer. So we're not allowed to cheer. You got to so you got to sit down. So anyway, but that's uh, that's another topic. But uh, last question we got here. Peter Smith at his beatness. I covered off on part of it already, but he says evening. Ed Orgeron visiting Notre Dame <clears throat> was such a weird story. But is this more a screw you LSU or is he really pro Notre Dame? I don't think it's, I think, I think he, I, I mean, he's touring, he's down at Miami too, you know, with his sons. It looks like his sons want to get into coaching. I think he's just going around the country to some spots, to some coaches he, uh, you know, he, he, he trusts or not trusts, but uh, some coaches, um, you know, that he respects. And I think that was why he was there. Maybe a little bit. Screw you, LSU. But uh, Pete also says here, also two pods in a row now bashing my Jets. I declare a double IPA wager when your Eagles play my Jets with a smiley face. And I just, you know, I'm going to say, Peter, I don't, I don't know if that's the wisest of bets. Because do you know, Greg, the Philadelphia Eagles record historically is against the New York Jets? I do. I do not. I don't know. Any other? I don't know if any other NFL team is undefeated against another NFL team other than the Eagles and the Jets. The Philadelphia Eagles are 12 and 0 all time against the New York Jets. Never once have they lost to the New York Jets. And I gotta say, it's not like the Eagles have been a powerhouse that entire time. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a few stints where you know we, we, we were pretty solid, but uh, yeah, even uh, even when the Eagles have been bad, you can always count on uh on beating the jets but uh hey that's uh that's like i said maybe we get like i said and maybe my eagles get kyle hamilton and we just beat the jets even more when we uh when we play them but hey we covered a lot actually without much of a plan so that was pretty cool uh hour and 20 in Shorter for us, still probably longer than we both thought when we uh, when we sat down tonight. <laughs> but um, you know what? There's one review that I saw waiting, but it's at the end of the pod. And I said I was going to start doing those in the beginning. So I'm going to save it. I'm going to save that review until the next uh, podcast that we do and we're going to lead with it. So you got to remind right. me of that in case I uh, in case I don't. I don't uh, but um, this is going to be our... This is going to be our last pod before the Blue and Gold game because you are not going to be available correct won't be available yeah we'll be available next week and uh and yeah and we'll have to we'll have to figure it out because uh, schedules are going to get a little little dicey there in uh in late april early may but uh we'll figure something out and we will talk uh you know post blue gold game which will be the first time we're seeing a lot of uh you know a lot of the players this year because we haven't seen a whole lot as uh 
Greg so eloquently told us at the beginning of the uh, of the podcast tonight. Any, I know you usually don't, but any parting shots, just in case this is the time that you do have a parting shot, Greg? This is not the time. Not the time. Not the time. One day, Greg's going to have a parting shot. It's going to be great, <laughs> and I can't wait for it. So with that, we bid you adieu. Thanks for listening, as always, and go Irish. <laughs>